Welcome, one and all, to Discovery, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial Star Trek Discovery podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today, in the future, 2018, the first day. Happy New Year to everybody to talk, finally, Matt, about the second chapter of season one of Star Trek Discovery. Indeed, I think that this break has been very, very well served just in terms of building up anticipation for this second chapter. Um, I I don't mind the fact that we did nine episodes, now we're going to do six. Certainly it's going to go very, very fast, but uh, it'll be great to get the crew back. And fingers crossed, Pete, that we may conclude this year of 2018 with more episodes beyond the six, depending on how fast they can get season two uh, working here. They're in the writer's room now. They're working through things. We can only hope that, you know, once the season concludes and their responsibilities can be 100% in the writing room on top of the promotion of these final six episodes and talking about what happens and everything like that, then it could be warp speed ahead and, and maybe very late in 2018 we can we can have a return. Well, Pete, let's pick up where we left off let's talk about that uh that last episode before the break here into the forest i go i would like to revise a line of thinking i had in our podcast done the day after the episode had aired uh upon second viewing and further rumination um the fact that Lorca uh has has pressure you know when you get back He's going to be he's going to be uh, retired or taken away from the discovery or, or moved on to the next quieter phase of his career. And then the fact that without question, he interrupts the jump sequence to get them yeah. wherever it is that they end up. Uh, I, I beat the drum in that last podcast of Lorca's a good guy and he's a father <laughs> figure and, and it, there may be trouble Evil ahead. Father. But, yeah, um, <laughs> there's no question that he. In my mind, there's no question that he abandoned them wherever it is they've ended up so that he might not get in trouble for the things he's done. In retrospect, and there's a lot of stills online, there's fairly clear evidence he has a direct link to where they've arrived. You can look at the uh, panel on his chair there and, you know, programming the, uh, the spore drive to whatever, wherever, whenever their destination is um so yeah and and now it's just a question of uh moving the story through that but we begin in a new chapter with a wide open canvas as far as story um we have a friend of the podcast who uh posited getting into star trek discovery a little after we did during the uh the break here that where they arrived looked very much like a um, animated series setting come to real life, which I thought was an interesting thought. Certainly, the show is able to make these references sometimes very, very deep cuts um, across the different the different uh, properties of Star Trek. I feel like I would rule nothing out. I know that we're all kind of anticipating mirror universe at some point. Maybe they're there now in part because, you know, we've had some, some hints there. What was Stamets seeing his, you know, 
seeing his odd mirror reflection and the changes in his personality suggesting that maybe the Stamets is, 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 is are switching across universes. But um, I love that a, the show generally speaking can, can kind of go anywhere in that larger Star Trek universe. And B, I think it's so audacious to give us this super powered ship. That's kind of more powerful than the enterprise and has this spore drive that, does things that we've never seen any Star Trek ship doing before, but how is this a prequel? And they're just biding their time until now we see in that chapter one finale, we see that the spore drive clearly all it's going to take is a couple of lines to say, Oh, this is now forever forbidden and we shall never do spore drives again. Um, and B the fact that now they are lowercase lost in space that, that that they're just out there in the great beyond separate from the fleet separate from star bases and all of that it's taken 10 episodes but now we're doing that kind of star trek again yeah i think the canon warriors who wanted to reject discovery for whatever many reasons um have now uh more of a reason to back off um, and really how have they hurt this show? They haven't, uh, the show has been very well received. Uh, people have signed up for all access in, uh, the territories where that's the only way to get it. Uh, obviously Netflix hasn't, uh, you know, hurt Star Trek elsewhere. So, all right take a deep breath. We've, we've finally moved past that. We know that spore drive is not a thing in the future of star Trek. So clearly it is a story driven thing early on. That being said, the, the focus is no longer on the Klingon war. The focus is on where this ship is and how they return. I give them credit too, for dividing the season up, uh, to have 15 episodes up from the original, was it 13, 14? I don't remember, but um, to, it's not inconceivable to say, all right, for these, for these 15 episodes, we're going to introduce everything and then cut to six months later and then spend an episode or two where she's getting onto the ship and we're getting to know everybody on the ship. Uh, then we're going to do the big Klingon war and then we're going to wrap it up in episode 14 and then, you know, uh, the, the after effect in episode 15 it's better timing to say, no, we're going to keep things kind of tighter and we're going to show this, we're going to show this, this battle in less than 15 episodes and give you two different story arcs. Uh, I think it's not only is it closer to the original kind of Star Trek aesthetic of, of episodic, which we don't need to bow at that altar necessarily, but it's, it's more exciting to get these two different dips and two different flavors. Well, what's interesting was that, Initially, the plan was to go eight and seven, and then very, very late, they said, no, the first chapter will be nine and then six, um, which considers where they would have left off right before the Klingons showed up at Pavo and had that battle. So you would have waited less time to figure out where they are, but you would have waited longer for them to have that battle and conceivably the war to be over there. So it's an interesting choice. I think there's going to be a real momentum and trajectory to this story. They're going to tell over the remaining six weeks beginning Sunday. I, I wonder at what point in 
writing, filming, et cetera, that decision was made, maybe even relative to when it was announced. Um, certainly if we're following the Netflix model, you know, you, you keep things close to the vest, like, uh, it's fantastic news. We're going to re- renew uh, Stranger Things for season two. And people involved in the production knew that before it, it, the first season aired, you know, things like that. So CBS is more than welcome to announce things whenever they want to. I just, I just look at this list of episodes and say, it does not make sense to have us go, oh man, the Klingons are coming. See you in six weeks. Come back. Ah, the Klingons are defeated. Now we're lost in space. New story. Um, so again, I just wonder, did they, did they at some point add an episode in that initial nine heck perhaps they even went back and looked oh we need to change the pacing for whatever reason maybe these were shot out of order although i think we would have heard of that i just i wonder when that when that process happened yeah i mean it's going to be interesting to see as it shakes out as we find out from the cast and from the creatives what exactly that thinking was but matt we have all of the episode titles for the remainder of the season kind of unusual that you would get this ahead of a a run as large as this in six episodes so why don't we delve into those starting with sunday january 7th the return here uh titled despite yourself directed by a familiar face uh first of all nice title despite yourself and uh and Indeed, Pete, though I'm not seeing it officially, I will trust you and trust your word and trust your <laughs> sources. Jonathan Frakes directing that. So this is a year where he's done an Orville and done a Star Trek. And um, so, yeah. so wait a minute. You're saying that of two episodes of a science fiction TV show this year, he directed one in an alternate universe? That's what the that, that's what the cool kids say, Pete. If that is to be uh, if that is to be believed, yeah. Which which one was set in the alternate universe? <laughs> um, I'm assuming the Discovery one. I, I'm hoping we're going to find out pretty. The quickly. Orville is not an alternate Star Trek universe at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if that's where you're headed. Sure, it is. It's an alternate Star Trek universe created by a guy who said, "What? You're not going to let me run Star Trek." I'm going to make my own Star Trek instead. And to be fair, Pete, you've stuck with Orville. I have not. It's it's. Does it, would you say it has a kind place in your heart? Yeah, yeah. I I think that it is certainly established itself as its own thing. At the same time, it's you know kind of uh, echoed some of the stuff, and you know the way we've described it as well has has been, I think, apt. This this is. Uh, Seth MacFarlane's take on Star Trek that he had thrown his hat into the ring a while ago uh, wanting to get a shot at Star Trek. They chose not to give it to him for whatever reason and he's done his own and there are things that work about it. There's things they're working through but uh, both shows have gotten a renewal. Both shows have you know not truly to size uh, in terms of past uh, ideas, um, episode counts, but, uh, you know, both have been successful in their own right. Well, certainly nice to have him back, uh, in, in Star Trek, particularly keeping in mind that, uh, you know, he did not direct the last uh, next generation movie uh, as that by many counts went off the, the rails a bit with Stuart Baird, but 
we'll keep things positive pete what is the next episode after the uh the the freaks lensing next sunday well matt episode 111 is titled the wolf inside and that will air sunday january 14th i wonder what that could be about (laughs) oh yeah that's right we have both a an obviously klingon person now trapped on the ship uh or as i said uh to uh to mary chifo on twitter is everyone else trapped on discovery with her uh we also have the uh the um notion that ash tyler might not be ash tyler and again to return to a theme from from when we podcasted chapter one i think that we're still understanding how this writer's room works in terms of uh, theories that you didn't see coming and that only makes sense after the fact versus things where hey if you're kind of doing the fan homework and having the fan discussion you can see it coming i suspect it's more the latter when it comes there to tyler but uh pete if that's not the wolf inside being being revealed there for tyler i don't know what will be well hold up a second because i think they've also been very smart that the title doesn't refer to what you think is obvious and is that a reference the wolf inside the wolf in sheep's clothing to captain Lorca. um that could be too particularly if it's an episode where where the rest of the crew discovers oh man we're stuck here and oh we lost jonesy there to that accident because we weren't able to not refuel. jonesy the cat jonesy the cat pete um maybe we have multiple wolves in sheep's clothing who are concerned about the butcher's knife, which cares not for the lamb's cry. So we're just coming back to, back to our agrarian. Unless there's some, some lethe, uh, which is also magic to make the sanest man go mad uh, before that you choose your pain because context is for Kings at the battle of the binary stars. These are fantastic titles, by the way, all of them. They are excellent, excellent. They really stand well on their own. I say that, Matt, when the next title, episode 12, is an illusion. Is it? Is Vaulting Ambition is the title of episode 12, which will air on my, uh, lo- my loving wife's birthday, Sunday, January 21st. Well, vaulting ambition, that is uh, that is vague enough that it could be anything. I feel like that's perhaps it's the first title where it's not really Shakespeare, making me... son. That uh. is Macbeth and his vaulting ambition. So to me, that screams Lorca, yet they have been so careful uh, with the titles to not necessarily have them, uh, you know, give away, betray story ideas that you you just don't know to me the big story x factor with much of this is i love that they have laurel on the ship so now it's this not just you get to have kind of a more cerebral discussion of how you treat a prisoner long term and things like that but do they give her work detail is now she's sabotaging things is there a big fight like this too could be her own vaulting ambition. Oh man, Pete, uh, we get, you know, a la lost in the other 48 days, we get to see this montage of her memorizing the security routine or her, or, or her, 
you know, Shawshank redemptioning, re- redemptioning her way into stealing space paper clips or something like that. And all of a sudden, here we are, you know, two months later, two months into her imprisonment, her vaulting ambition takes her into, look, now I have the thing to short out the shield or whatever it might be. Um, it, this is almost a better collection of characters than we started with, which is probably on purpose because we started the Vulcan Hello with a very stable, functioning, optimistic yeah. crew. And that's not what this show wants to be about. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this this show already in the nine episodes that have aired has been three distinct TV shows. Um, you had the, the Shenzhou setting and crew and, and that situation that by the end of the second episode is, is gone, is done. You've had our time on discovery and, you know, albeit brief, you've now had wherever, whenever, whatever this situation is that they've wound up in at the end of that first chapter. So again, bravo for mixing it up for not being afraid to, uh, to change things particularly for a fan base that struggles so much with change. Pete, that's an excellent point that I think if there, if there was one mandate for what Star Trek needed to be in a, in a modern, uh, you know, for, for modern television audiences, it's that it couldn't be the same. It couldn't be, and not just episodic. I mean, if they had wanted to go episodic, that's fine. But, you know, there's a reason that Deep Space Nine only gets better over time and there's a reason why although i think voyager is secondary to deep space nine there really is this notion when you go back and you say oh man here's the here are the season one aliens they're they're, they're the new klingons oh wait no we're getting towards the end of season one or or maybe it's about two-thirds of the way through the first season oh we're officially leaving i think it's the kazon right we're officially leaving kazon space so they're fading to the background or we're going to get somebody else and just this idea of we're not going back to the commander Cisco days once he's captain. We're not going back to the Kazon days because they've left that part of the quadrant on Voyager and so forth. That's just not just more reflective of the TV we're watching now. That's life. You can't go back to that stuff. It's not reset at the end of the hour and continue the adventure. I'm so looking forward to being able to look back at this series and see how much change it undergoes in the time that it airs. And I think it has the potential of any of the shows they've had at this point to change the most, given the way what TV is in 2018. What is the next episode that will air? That will be uh, episode 13, Matt, which will air on Sunday, January 28th, titled What's Past is Prologue. Well, that is suggestive yet again of a, I don't want to quite say reboot because that's, that's a bit extreme. That's a suggestion that we're going to get another shift possibly in, um, I don't know, in the current situation for the ship. And, uh, I suppose on the one hand, the notion that we're going to do again, lowercase letters here, but notion that we're going to do the, the lost in space storyline for one, two, three three episodes then get to what's past his prologue and get some sort of shift again strikes me as a bit fast that said you know i don't know i feel this overwhelming sense of trust for how the show is being run so i'll go with them wherever they take us i have not noted a a misstep yet in the nine episodes that we've had um 
yeah. So I would have to say my, my trust is completely with the producers at this point. Um, I mean, we have we had weak episodes? Yeah, we have. I think the the first Pavo episode was their their first ungreat, just okay yeah. episode. But look at what it set up in the conclusion of that that first chapter. Um, and and I'm glad that that wasn't the chapter one finale to end there with their coming uh, would have would have been you know a, a really I think ineffective way to tease that out that we've had all these weeks here, Matt, since November 12th already, nearly two months to talk about what happened in that last episode to get other people on this show, to get them part of the discussion, to continue to get mail and questions and feedback from our listeners has, has been a really uh, valuable thing. And when we look at, Episode 14, Matt, again, with the suggestion in the name, The War Without, The War Within, which will air that penultimate episode, February 4th. The War Without, comma, The War Within. That's yep. both mm. vague and cerebral. <laughs> um, I mean, The War Within, within okay. Tyler. <laughs> yeah, but The War Without, if, if it was The War Without, The War Within like no comma. Right. Okay. I could kind of make some sense of that. You know, like maybe you can't have a war externally without the internal conflict or something like that, but the war without the war within. Uh, yeah. Yes. I suppose that most obviously would be a Tyler type thing because it's talking about the external and the internal, but a mysterious title, certainly. Yeah. And I think that Tyler mystery, that central mystery at this point um, and, and a resolution to it is going to be a, a driving factor. This second part of the season, why, why go right to it rather than again, exploring the drama within it. And that's where I think having Laurel on the ship now and that line, she delivers Mary Chifo there. I will protect you from them. Why would a Starfleet officer need protection from her? Um, and I think it it offers some really rich places they can go with the unusual circumstances of that episode before, and and you know whatever he's witnessed in the the PTSD. I think too the show has done a very very good job. Perhaps not flawless in retrospect um but it's done a really really solid job of seeding some of these things later on for example assuming that we don't have further twists and turns regarding Lorca's eyes um the idea of it's because of his eye can his eye condition was going to be a source of uh, uh a source of torture or, you know a, a, an affect around which he could be tortured when he gets captured so backtrack that to introducing it earlier on you get the mysterious reveal of the guy in in low light um and then you get to kind of hit on that affect again when um when the klingon ship of the dead explodes my point being if they started with hey he gets tortured then backtrack to something you know something that's not gristle and blood and whatnot uh as a source of torture they ramped up to that nicely same thing with 
the Tyler stuff, same thing with the Laurel stuff, where you might be able to kind of see where things are headed, but I'd rather have that sometimes and have those clues to play with versus some surprising thing of, you know, that where it feels like Star Trek, the soap opera. I'm actually your dead twin sister. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and then, Matt, if you look at the end title, uh, for episode 15 that will air on Sunday, February 11th. Will you take my hand? Uh, certainly suggestive of whatever reveals. And then the idea of peace here, the idea of unity, but between whom? Well, let me ask you this, Pete, when we get to the end of that episode, when it's around 9:30 PM on February 11th, do we have do we have most of this uh this cast still intact most yes do we i mean i mean considering it's kind of the 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 credit the, the people in the credits you know Sonika Martin Green Doug Jones Shazad Latif Anthony Rapp Mary Wiseman and Jason Isaacs how many of those uh six make it to the end of that episode five Oof. um yeah i worry that you're right because i think if we're following what do you these... mean worry that i'm right <laughs> well <laughs> uh, here's the source of the worry pete first of all i don't doubt your your accurateness i've long since uh learned that that spoiler pete is to be trusted my my emotional concern is this these are all great actors. These are all great characters. And I think that TV convention, and indeed, if we're going to just even go beyond this platinum age of television, just say real life, um, but, but TV convention requires that pound of flesh. And you need to have that delineation of, oh, man, Pete, do you remember the, the, the Ash Tyler days before he was gone? Do you remember the, the, the Captain Lorca days before he was gone and... And, uh, you know, finally we, we had, uh, you know, Sunika Martin Green playing Michael Burnham, Captain. Um, I worry that they need to do that. I'm okay with it. I just don't want to lose these people. Yeah, and I think it's a certainly a, a valid concern. But at the same time, I think the show's been very, very smart about which characters are designed to give you what and each are key in the experience. I think there are those that are core and, and considered therefore untouchable. And the thing they were up front about saying is that we are going to lose characters. And what do you know? Uh, you know, um, Michelle Yao goes after the, the second episode. Uh, we've, been promised we're going to see her again. We haven't yet to this point. Um, you know, when she showed up in the crowd with us at uh, New York Comic Con at uh, the theater at, at Madison Square Garden, you know, certainly a, a surprise for the audience there. Um, and there, there's still story for um, Captain uh, Georgiou to participate in, particularly since we don't know the dynamics, the specifics of where it, wherever, whenever it is they've arrived. Is there a, is there a Georgiou in this other universe, in this other time, in this other place? I feel like that's the, 
I was going to say easiest, but I don't want to suggest laziness. That's the most delicious way in which the first episode back could could George really... you with an eye patch. Well, yeah, just, I mean, uh, I'm thinking, for example, of the uh, the Trials and Tribulations uh, episode of Deep Space Nine where they revisited uh, the Trouble with Tribbles. And there it's like, wait, where are we? Static, static. Wait, something's coming into view. Boom, it's the Enterprise. You get the, the four-note refrain and then head to, I believe, credits. And if not credits, then head to commercial break. Point being, if this is like, oh, man, where are we? Quick. All right, something's coming on the screen. It's, you know, and then you have some sort of ship that maybe it's not even called the Shenzhou, but it's this, you know, just badass looking warship. Uh, we're getting an, uh, an incoming transmission. Boom. It's it's Captain Georgiou with an eye patch and, you know, space pirate clothes or something like that. And a parrot. You know, exactly. <laughs> that may a, be a, a tribble. A, a space an parrot. E an evil eye patched tribble on her shoulder. But just the idea of that being immediately a way to orient you different different situation going on here uh, and those in the know who can anticipate the mirror mirror universe and all of that or who those who have heard about it because Jonathan Frakes spoiled it. Jonathan Frakes, who's worked on one episode, knows that there's an episode taking place in the mirror mirror universe. I'll let you connect the dots on that. Um, but that would be a great way to then go, boom, that's end, end of teaser, hit the credits. Uh, speaking of credits, Pete, I would love it if they had the audacity yeah. to change the title sequence the up evil. only a little bit. Yes. Yeah, like like has been done on Enterprise. Um, I, I'm really hopeful that can be the case. I think, Matt, the way to cement and, – and everybody loves the Mirror Mirror universe because of the way it allows these characters to play outside of what they ordinarily are. Uh, because of the way you get to revisit it across the, the different series and what a way to cement it here by possibly having the discovery, by having the spore drive be the cause of it. I would not hate that. And I'm certainly not, I'm not opposed to things that are going to like, I don't want to say upset the fan base, but I'm I'm okay with them kind of redefining things and them retconning things. I think that some some hardcore fans would be upset by that. However, that said, I I don't feel that everything needs to connect to everything all the time. Maybe there's just this alternate universe that exists because it exists, and we don't need this show to be actually the beginning of all those really awesome other episodes and those other series that you've watched. I worry that if they did that, there would be that sense of, uh, Discovery actually got there kind of first, kind of sort of, which I feel like would be deflating versus they've already discovered in this show that there are these pockets where the mycelial, mycelial network comes up against other places and the suggestion being kind of other other um, realities. That would be my story preference, but time will tell. I mean, I love it as a uh, connection, as a genesis, as an origin story. We're just going to have to see what they've cooked up for us, Matt. 
Well, Pete, I know we are super excited to continue to watch Star Trek Discovery, to continue to podcast it, and uh, we will continue to get those episodic uh, reviews out every Sunday or Monday, depending on schedules, but uh, certainly... The only Monday that it would seem we're going to go to is going to be the the final one, and that one might demand a little bit more of a look anyway, given that we're going to be ending the season we're going to be looking ahead to where they could possibly go given the renewal that we already have in our pocket and not knowing when that uh you know return is going to be i think it's gonna really uh make things interesting they would be very very well served to announce a start date by time that finale occurs that said well served however let's be real about those expectations we've been there before with this show with dates so i think they would be their own worst enemy to say and coming in december is season two i think you say uh you take your bow you say thank you very much for watching and we'll see you soon (laughs) <laughs> given that the show has been was delayed twice um and then to whatever degree you want to say and they changed things a third time by making it nine and six episodes chapter one chapter two versus eight and uh, eight, eight and seven i think you're probably right i think if we just get at the end of that at the end of that finale boom coming next year because then if you move it up earlier nobody's going to complain but if you say coming next year um whatever you don't even need to have footage necessarily it could just be an update of you know new crew new ships new adventures that kind of thing that that, that notion to kind of really say and i'm not suggesting dear listeners that they're gonna <laughs> get rid of this crew but i'm just saying if you have some sort of you know the adventure continues that kind of thing i, I think that'll get the job done um yeah and then we'll we'll see in that time how the tv landscape changes because pete I have a personal theory that of all these different streaming companies, I have one in mind that I don't think is going to be around five years from now, but time will tell. Hey, it's the beautiful thing about an opportunity. You get a chance. You get a shot. Well, Pete, we, of course, continue to get our shot podcasting all of this because of the wonderful support we have from our fans on patreon.com slash fantastic geek so i want to give them a not vulcan hello but a big vulcan thumbs up yeah you really cannot uh in your in your wildest dreams believe that uh people would contribute to two guys talking about star trek talking about every tv show in the marvel cinematic universe talking about the big tentpole movies that people want to talk about uh and not mention these uh wonderful patrons of ours so get yourself over to patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash fantastic geek take a look at the perks we have to offer and uh, everybody gets exclusive podcast content so thanks again in this our first podcast of 2018 just have to have to again thank those people who have supported us and indeed all our listeners for 2017 pete i came up with a little list yesterday uh in 2017 we did podcast episodes for agents of shield slingshot agents of shield logan iron fist guardians of the galaxy volume 2 wonder woman spider-man homecoming defenders and humans discovery 
Thor Ragnarok, Justice League, Runaways, The Last Jedi, and Punisher certainly made possible by all our listeners and all the support that we get. And that is always very, very appreciated. Pete, if people want to share their thoughts with you, how can they do so on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R-9739. Followers can't be wrong. And Pete, while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast any way you like. Any hailing frequency you might prefer, as you might say, leave a comment on fantasticgeek.com, email fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram, where we are fantasticgeek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash fantasticgeek with PH, all one word, like it today. Well, Pete, for those listening to us, on the Discovery, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek feed. We will be back next Sunday to talk the, uh, the inaugural episode of Chapter 2. If you're listening to us on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we will be back this Friday to talk Age of the Shield. Pete, a little bit of a, of a downtime for us, only podcasting two series at the same time with, uh, by my count, no nerd movies for the next couple months. Well, we got Black Panther and... Uh... No nerd movies this month. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Listen, uh, you say respite, uh, you know, two two shows a week for some others would would stretch into pieces. So, yeah, it's it's all part of uh, what we do. With that, I will say to all our listeners and give you, Pete, the final preview of Chapter 2 word. Where are we?